Welcome back, guys. Professor Seth here, back with what may be the most important lesson you ever take about how to maintain a healthy brain. No pressure. We are now going to explore different ways we can reduce our risk, delay the onset, or possibly even prevent Alzheimer's disease. Believe it or not, one in three cases of Alzheimer's can be prevented. This is especially true for you and your family members and friends starting right now. By making brain healthy choices today, you can strengthen your brain tomorrow. When you think of Seth Rogen, you think of side-splitting laughter, successful movies, and maybe weed. But you certainly don't connect him to Alzheimer's. And as everyone can agree, Alzheimer's is no laughing matter. Except if you're Seth and Lauren Rogen, and laughter, or hilarity, is your expertise. And then, if you're driven to make a difference in the world, you use your expertise for good. Stay tuned to see what hilarity, Seth Rogen, and Alzheimer's have in common and what they are planning for the future. Seniority Authority exists to answer your questions on aging. The world has changed dramatically in a generation with more retirees than ever before, living longer with more choices. If you're an older adult or have an older adult in your life, where do you go to begin to understand those choices? I'm your host, Kathleen Toomey, with over a decade of work experience in retirement communities. I can track down the right people to answer your questions. So send your questions on aging to me, and together, let's get smarter about growing older. Thanks to our show sponsor, The Riverwoods Group, Northern New England's largest family of nonprofit retirement communities, where active adults find community, purpose, and peace of mind. Visit riverwoodsgroup.org. Now, let's hear from today's guest. Welcome to Seniority Authority. I'm your host, Kathleen Toomey. When you think of Seth Rogen, you think of size-splitting laughter, a string of box office hits, a hit of weed, perhaps. But you certainly don't think of Alzheimer's. Yet when Seth's wife, Lauren, learned her mom was diagnosed with early-onset Alzheimer's, Seth and Lauren decided to fight back with their best weapon, comedy. In 2012, Seth and Lauren Rogan put on a variety show to raise awareness about Alzheimer's, but they're not a one-and-done type couple. They founded Hilarity for Charity, now HFC, to care for families impacted by Alzheimer's, inspire the younger generation to be advocates, and to be leaders in brain health research and education. They firmly believe the research that suggests that four out of 10 Alzheimer's cases may be prevented by incorporating specific brain-healthy lifestyle habits. Here to discuss their mission is Hilarity for Charity's Executive Director, Bonnie Waddles. Welcome to the show, Bonnie. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this interview forever. When I did the research about HFC, what impressed me about what Seth and Lauren did is that they went beyond what was easy, their own talents, and they invested in creating a foundation that has 
a very clearly defined mission. Tell us what they initially wanted to change with this work. Yeah, when they started out, they really were just aiming to raise awareness and get young people talking about the disease. When Lauren's mom was diagnosed, Lauren was just 25 years old. Her mother was 55 years old. And I think Lauren felt very alone. She had done a tremendous amount of online research and she went to support groups, but she really felt like there were not a lot of other young people in her similar situation. And so, as you said, they threw their first variety show. They had a group of friends that came around and said, you know, let's not be sad anymore. Let's do something. And since comedy is their expertise, they threw a variety show. And I think they very quickly realized that it resonated with a lot of other young people and that there are so many people impacted by this disease and that they were able to find their own community and give that community some light and laughter and a safe space to manage this disease. They really unlocked the idea of Alzheimer's for a whole different generation that, as you pointed out, didn't see themselves in any of the caregiving groups or the traditional models. And they brought this tremendous immediacy and authenticity to discussing the disease. In fact, they were the first people to say, fill in the blank here, (laughs) Bonnie. F Alzheimer's, right? (laughs) Exactly. They were the first people to say that and really upended how people think about this. They wanted to reset that second generation and that's part of their mission. Tell us what the other components of the mission of this foundation is, because it goes well beyond just making Alzheimer's accessible and understandable to a second generation. We were fortunate enough during the pandemic to be able to focus on strategic planning. And so what emerged were four strategic pillars that we have as an organization moving forward. So really, the first one is to drive awareness and inspire change. And that's just to end the shame, secrecy, and stigma associated with the disease. Our second pillar is caring for caregivers. We want to transform the caregiving experience for unpaid family caregivers and the young people that are providing care for a loved one with Alzheimer's. Our third pillar is caring for brains. And I know we'll talk more about this a little bit later, but with our celebrity platform, we feel that we can be the leading voice in brain health education and Alzheimer's prevention. And our fourth pillar is investing in brain health and prevention-focused research. We want to support innovative and promising young researchers in the field, as well as emerging experts in the field. That's a pretty impressive set of guidelines and set of pillars, and each one of them are so exciting. The first one I want to talk about is brain health and Alzheimer's prevention. Can you tell us a bit more about the emerging dialogue and the recent research that supports this extraordinary fact that it's possible to take care of our brains and possibly prevent or delay the onset of Alzheimer's and other dementias? That is so exciting to me and I'm sure to all of our listeners. And maybe you could break down what the habits are that you have identified for a brain-healthy lifestyle. Sure, absolutely. Let me just take a little step back, like an overview of how big this disease is. Right now, 6 million Americans have the disease in the U.S. By 2050, that's going to triple to close to 14 million. What we also know is that the disease begins in the brain 20 to 30 years before the onset of symptoms. Wow. That means that right now, 
about 46 million Americans have initial or what they call preclinical stages of the disease. So knowing that four in 10 cases may be preventable through lifestyle interventions can dramatically change the trajectory of this disease. Can I just ask you, the tripling of Alzheimer's, does that also include early onset Alzheimer's? Yes, I believe it does. Okay. Early onset, it's a small segment of the total Alzheimer's population. Got it. It does include that for sure. And I mean, this is just a giant challenge that this country has to face. And so I'll get back to the brain health habits, but it is one of the reasons why we feel so strongly about getting people to talk about it and ending the shame, the secrecy and stigma is because if we can get people talking about brain health and prevention in the same way that we're talking about heart health and that it becomes mainstream conversation, then we really can move the needle in terms of prevention. Sure, because there's no shame in talking about having a heart healthy lifestyle. You see menus adapted and it's just a fact. Right. Do you feel that most people understand what you just mentioned earlier? I don't want this to go unnoticed, that the Alzheimer's and dementias begin 20 to 40 years earlier than they appear. Do you feel like a lot of people understand that fact? I don't. And I think that people don't even know that your brain is a part of your body that you can take care of. (laughs) Yes. And so that's where we're starting. You said it, there are heart healthy menus and there's messaging all around us about how to live a heart healthy life. And the dialogues are emerging now about living a brain healthy life, improving cognitive performance and it being possible that you can delay or prevent cognitive decline. So, and I'll get back to the strategies that we can use right now. You and I, people younger than us, we call them the age of five brain health habits, but everybody's talking about living a brain healthy life. So the first one I'm going to talk about is sleep, because that's something, as Lauren says, we can do for free. (laughs) I love that. I love that. It's really easy to establish a sleep routine and get good quality sleep. So we want to aim for around seven and a half hours of sleep. And again, establishing a sleep routine. One is keep your room cool, that we tend to sleep better and get deeper sleep when your room is cooler. Some people wear an eye mask to help with the room being dark. And we also really need to put all of our technology away. That's the easiest and the hardest thing for people to do today, right? It's bring your phone to bed with you, read a book before you go to sleep. But again, establish a routine, go to bed at the same time every night if you can and get good quality sleep. The second pillar is nutrition and starting to eat clean. There is the diet that has some evidence behind it is the Mediterranean diet. Talk about dark leafy greens, healthy fats such as nuts, seeds, and olive oil, whole fruits, whole grains, and fatty fish, and healthy lean proteins. In addition to that, we want to remove all of the processed foods from our diet if we can. Exercise is another thing we can all do. We want to exercise regularly. Everyone has their own exercise routine. And what we like to say is do what works for you, but changing it up also works. So a combination of strength and cardio is very helpful. And you want to aim for at least three to four times a week or a total of 150 hours. I know that's hard for people when they're working (laughs) to get the exercise in, but it's really important to keep our body moving. Another thing we can do is focus on our emotional well-being, reducing stress, and staying socially engaged. 
connect with other people. I think that's been hard during the pandemic because we're so isolated, but thank goodness for Zoom where we can have these kind of connections. And then the last thing is really staying cognitively fit and challenging your brain. Learn something new. Lauren and Seth during the pandemic went really much deeper into their hobby of making pottery, learn how to make glazes, which Lauren describes as a chemistry class. Yeah, super interesting. So we definitely want to try new things, um, learn new things, a musical instrument or a new language. So those are the things we can do to start keeping our brains healthy and active. Those are great pillars and really relatively easy for anyone to incorporate into their life. Not impossible, just important. So to get more detail, we will have those five brain healthy suggestions in our show notes, along with some of the other research and facts that Bonnie is describing here. But sleep, nutrition, exercise, socialization, social connection, and keeping your mind active. Those are the five pillars. And you can take one, two, or three, and anyone can start working on those. And I love the fact that you say, in terms of exercise, do what moves you. It doesn't have to be a certain thing. Exercise is really good for the brain. It brings more oxygen to the brain. And that's terrific. So if you want to help your brain become healthier, Listeners, you can do those things right now, starting right now. I want to talk about what specifically HFC does to attract the younger generation to understand Alzheimer's, because I think this is absolutely fascinating. And we know a lot of older adults are already focused on this, but this is one of their initial missions. What is HFC doing to achieve that? What we're doing to attract young people is one, whatever we put out on social and our events and our press appearances really incorporate comedy and sort of our irreverent tone is attractive to young people. But specifically what we're doing for young people around brain health and amplifying brain health information is promoting this coursework that we've developed in collaboration with Dr. Richard Isaacson of the New York Presbyterian Weill Cornell Alzheimer's Prevention Clinic. And we designed this coursework to help students improve knowledge, attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors so that they can start incorporating these brain-healthy lifestyles into their routines. This year, we're getting ready to launch an interactive social platform called HFC Universe, which that coursework will be the central content on it. Wow. Yeah, we're very excited about that. Sort of in the development phase right now, it hopefully will launch in the quiet phase in the fall. But our goal is to give young people all over the opportunity to take courses that are taught by Seth about what is Alzheimer's, what are the modifiable risk factors you cannot control, and how to go about living a brain-healthy life. And in fact, this research was published in Journal of Neurology, which is exciting and a big deal in this space. And it's really was the first time that education is being validated as a strategy to prevent Alzheimer's. So we were super excited to have funded that research and be a part of it and now be able to take the coursework and bring it to the public. Wow, that is huge. First, to fund the research that education makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And second, to have it published in the Journal of Neurology. And then third, to introduce to the world Dr. Seth Rogen teaching it. (laughs) That sounds like a really winning combination. Yeah. Through the research, we found that 
Seth-led courses perform better than doctor-led courses, especially among college students, and that e-learning is a viable platform to be delivering this kind of information. So this is scheduled to do a quiet rollout in the fall. Mm -hmm. We're going to get all the kinks worked out in the fall and then continue to launch it publicly in 2022 and we'll build on it. So for each of the pillars, we'll be able to add content and go deeper, whether it's recipes, exercise tips, all those kinds of things. We're going to just continue to build on that in addition to the coursework. Will this be something like a social media platform, a subscription type of program? It's going to be free, so there won't be a subscription to it, but it will be like a membership platform where you log on and you can take yourself through the coursework. Wow, that sounds incredible. And I would say that anyone who is interested in learning more about when this does launch, we will put in the show notes a link to HFC's website. And if there's a specific place to go, I'll work with Bonnie and we'll get that logged on to our show notes because that sounds like something you don't want to miss. And we may be lucky enough to have a clip of Seth giving an example of how he teaches in this show. So stay tuned for that. With this HFC universe and this component of education, Is it all levels of education? How are you breaking that down? Great question. So the original course that we've developed with Dr. Isaacson is geared towards high school students and college students. There's two separate courses. I also want to mention that there are courses for medical students and residents, and those are available on alzu.org. And we'll give that to you for the show notes as well. Great. Yeah, we've on ALZU.org, which is Dr. Isaacson's learning site. The medical program is really helpful to medical students going through. And when he launched the residence program, he had such a flurry of activity. People are really doctors and medical students are hungry for this kind of information. That's fantastic. Tell me about how comedy fits into the goals. And it sounds in what you just mentioned, research has shown that people are retaining more when Seth teaches it versus a doctor teaches it. And I assume that's because of his humorous and irreverent approach that if Seth is actually being serious about something, people are paying attention. But how does he fit comedy into such a challenging topic? I think this is something that Lauren and Seth have both done so well since the beginning of this organization. This is a very sad, depressing disease. And I think through their tone, the content of their events, and just the way we present information, whether it's on social or on our website, is just done with, you know, a lightness and a relatability that everybody can understand. And I think it's very different than other organizations in the space doing incredible work. But I think when people come and land with HFC, just our tone is something that they can understand. And if they laugh along the way, that's a little bit of an added benefit. I think it's a very significant benefit because this is a grueling disease for people who are the caregivers, people who are doing research and people who are experiencing it. It is just such a grind. It just robs you of so much that the chance to laugh in a true, uninhibited way is a gift to people who are going through this right now. I think that our listeners would be really interested in hearing your perspective of 
how involved Seth and Lauren are in the workings of HFC. You have a lot of celebrities that put their name to something and kind of move on. But with everything that you've been saying around how it affected them personally and how involved they are in the actual programmatic piece, it seems like it's very different here. Yeah, I think we're so fortunate because they really are involved in the day-to-day runnings of the organization. We are, again, so fortunate to have their creative brains helping us think through content. First and foremost, they give so much of their time to host brain health panels for us, whether it's a fundraising event or just an educational program. We've had special events this year like CareCon, which was a two-hour virtual event for caregivers. And another event, Brain It On, which was another virtual event for brain health. And they both hosted it and gave us so much time to do that. They also sit on panels for partner organizations. So, for example, the American Society on Aging and the Milken Institute. So they oftentimes either moderate or appear as a guest on a panel. The signature event that we do every year is All Seth. The content, he has a board of comedy that he consults with and they build the show. Lauren is very involved in the content development. She's also very involved in the logistics of the event. She loves that and it's great to have her creative thinking. And they're also involved in the branding and our communications, like how we appear to the outside world because the tone is really theirs. It's great to have that input. We just rebranded this year to become HFC. And they were both in every meeting with the brand. Wow. Yeah. That is really involved. That's fantastic. And I should mention that Lauren's brother, Dan, obviously whose mother was the impetus for this organization, Adele, Dan serves as leader of our advisory board. So he's our board chair. Oh, that's fantastic. When you talk about the events, your big event and the Brain It On, which I love, and Caracon, How can people find out about these events? Do you have a newsletter that people could sign up for? Or is there a big public event that you would want to talk about or share the date for? All the information can be found on our website, wearehfc.org. And I know you'll put that in the show notes. And so any upcoming event will be right there on the homepage. Our next signature event, I should say, in November, it's going to be on November 10th. And it's going to be head-to-head, which is a virtual game show. We do think there's going to be an in-person component. Wow. That changes daily. But there's definitely going to be a virtual component of that where people can register and attend the event virtually. I'm happy to promote that as well. Fantastic. So we are hfc.org. Sign up for the newsletter. Don't miss any of these really exciting and interesting events. Tell me a little bit about the specific research that you've funded and what you have found. You talked a little bit about the research on education that was published in the journal. Are there other pieces of education research that you funded? So we're a young organization and a small organization. So our focus really is on prevention research or any research that will benefit the population under 50 So we have in the past contributed to research that had to do with a ketogenic diet and other lifestyle factors that those studies are still ongoing. But again, our philosophy about funding research is 
really putting our money behind studies that either study people under 50 or will benefit people under 50. Because right now when the NIH funds research, most, if not all of it is done with subjects 65 and older. So you have a niche that no one else is pursuing, and that gives you a lot of opportunity. And I'm sure when you have results from the research you're funding, that will be published on your site as well as in journals. That brings up another question of how you partner with other Alzheimer's-focused organizations. So I like the fact that you know the NIH is doing research 65 plus, so you're going in a different direction How does that inform how you work with other organizations? We love collaboration. This is a big, giant disease. Mm -hmm. It's going to take more than just one organization working together. Great example of collaboration is for that event, Brain It On, that we discussed. That was done in collaboration with the Women's Alzheimer's Movement, which is Maria Shriver's organization. And so the two organizations put together a program with four breakout sessions that had to do with eating for brain health, sleep, exercise, and cognitive fitness, meditation, faith, and emotional well-being, and then a fourth breakout on women hormones and brain health. Um, And we had celebrities hosting each one of those panels. We had over 5,000 people registered for the event. Wow. And Lauren and Maria hosted it together. And recordings of that event can be found on the website as well or on Women's Alzheimer's Movement website. So people can watch any one of those breakout sessions. That's fantastic. So listeners, take advantage of this right now by going into the show notes and we will have links for where you can watch those sessions. And I just have to say, I love it when nonprofits partner together because, as you said, this is a big, giant, hairy disease and people are approaching it from different angles. And the more we work together, bring resources together the more you can spread to other people. Reaching 5,000 people is phenomenal. That's very exciting. So that's Bring It On. I love that title. Speaking of working with other organizations and advocacy, if our listeners were inspired either to write, to advocate for legislation that supports additional funding for Alzheimer's research, diagnosis and detection, or if they wanted to learn and join HFC's work, where would you suggest they go for more information? They certainly can come to wearehfc.org, again, to sign up for our newsletter. We also have a care newsletter that goes out every other week, which gives very useful, practical tips and information, especially for caregivers. I strongly urge anyone who's in a caregiving capacity to sign up for our care news. You can find out about our five brain health habits there, Um, certainly make a donation to support our work. And in the show notes, we will put links to a place where you can send a letter to your representatives about passing some legislation, particularly the BOLD Act, as well as finding out about clinical trials. So that's another area that needs a lot of volunteerism and support is helping people find their way to the right clinical trial because we need volunteers to go into those clinical trials to help move the research along. Well, I have to say, I am so impressed with the scope of what your young organization, We Are HFC, is doing from events to fundraising to research to education and to providing a lot of information 
for free to people who need it and can use it right now. And I just want to reemphasize the five brain healthy habits, which you will find in the show notes, which are sleep, nutrition, exercise, socialization, and cognitive engagement. Engagement. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. I remembered them. So that's as far as I can go with this, but those are things you can do right now. You can change your brain now for the future. And don't wait to do that. We've covered the waterfront, but I just want to give you one other option, Bonnie. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you feel is really important to share with our listeners today? I really would just love to plug the programs, our signature programs in care and support in case there are people in your audience that need support. HFC runs a care grant relief program where people can apply to receive an in-home respite care grant. So that means a professional comes into your home to relieve a family caregiver and give them some time off to attend to whatever it is they need to attend to, whether it's running errands, exercise, go to the doctor. So that application is also found on our website. And we also run support groups. We run virtual support groups. Lauren had a vision for virtual support groups long before the pandemic. We have ongoing groups where you can sign up to be a part of a group that's ongoing. We also just recently launched drop-in support groups, and those run seven days a week. We have a Spanish language support group, and we'll also be developing additional support groups for various communities. So again, I urge people to check on our website if they feel like a support group would be helpful to them if they have somebody in their family with Alzheimer's. And we also run a variety of caregiver wellness programs. So again, if you're a caregiver, you know, and as you said, this is a very challenging disease to be a caregiver for. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have caregiver wellness webinars, whether it's an improv session with laughter on call or a movement session or a meditation session. We offer those and many of those are also available to rewatch. So in case you can't make the live one, you can find the recording and take us a little break to be able to support the caregiver. I'm so glad you mentioned that. So for those of you listening who are caring for someone with Alzheimer's, there is help available online, virtually, and I like the on-call comedy idea, as well as a grant for caregivers. So please take advantage of that. Bonnie, this has been phenomenal, a very rich discussion about all that you're doing. I hope everyone floods your website, supports you, and we look forward to maybe having you on the program again when you're ready to launch the HFC universe. Um, and it's been great. Thank you so much Thank you. for participating. It's been really fun. Thank you so much. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, please tell your friends about it so we can grow our tribe. Visit our website, senioryauthority.org to submit questions for future shows, watch archive episodes, or pop a question for Bonnie in. Give us a rating on your favorite podcast platform and visit us on social media. Until next time, enjoy the chance to get smarter about growing older. Thanks to our show sponsor, the Riverwoods Group, Northern New England's largest family of nonprofit retirement communities, where active adults find community, purpose, and peace of mind. Visit riverwoodsgroup.org. That's our show for today. 
Did it spark a question? If so, send us your questions at senioritythority.org and we'll track down the answer. Meanwhile, don't forget to subscribe, like us on Facebook, follow us on YouTube, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, let's get smarter about growing older.